Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. I want to continue today the series about boundaries for a life of peace and freedom. And today, part two, it's like a series within a series, is boundaries for believers, right? Boundaries for believers, part two. Say, well, what's a boundary? Boundaries are everywhere. I believe it was, uh, is it our city engineer, John, that gave us that great quote? He said, the city engineer said, this is a great quote. This is just about scriptural, too. He said, fences make for great neighbors. It's true, but if you're off in their business, they're off in yours, oh, man, you may get into a fist fight. You know how it is with family. Sometimes family is the worst about boundaries. My last name is Sena with an S, S-E-N-A. I'm of mixed heritage, but I'm considered A based upon the governmental stuff. When I fill out forms, it gets a little baffling, but I am a white Hispanic. Yes, that's a thing. I'm a white Hispanic, all right? So I'm of Hispanic descent. Dad's Hispanic. But I'm a white Hispanic, so I, here's the deal. I understand Hispanics, and I know this about Hispanic families. I can't speak to everything or anything else, but I know this about Hispanics, man. Boundaries and family, we're a little weird about that, aren't we? A little weird about that. Sometimes we're like, we don't know where they end and we begin, and you need to be doing this, and they're 48, and you're still telling them how to brush their teeth and comb their hair, right? So... I remember when I shaved my head, though, this wasn't even on the Hispanic side of the family. My grandma Treadwell was very, very opinionated. She had some Latin in her, too, I guess. But grandma Treadwell said, oh, no, you shouldn't shave your head. You shouldn't. I'm like, too late, grandma. It's already happened. (laughs) That ship has set sail into the sunset. Grandma, it was like those, those of the greatest generation, they call them, those that were from the World War II era, it's like they wanted me to gain weight and grow my hair out. So grandma said, no, just grow it, keep it short. I said, I'm keeping it short. I'm not gonna do the other thing, this is what I do. It was a boundary for me. And grandma laughed and went on. But here's my point this morning. Many times in families, boundaries either get skewed or they get blurred or they vanish altogether, right? If your mama's showing up at your house at 10 p.m. at night knocking on the door to make sure you're all home, That might be a boundary that has been crossed. I don't mean in extenuating circumstances where you've been on a long trip or or it was an emergency or something. But what I'm saying is, here's my point. That's hyperbole. It's exaggeration to make a point. My point is, boundaries are in place for a reason. Fences make for great neighbors. All right? God is the inventor of boundaries. He said, let there be light. Scripture says, in him is light and there is no darkness. That's a boundary. He, if God is love, that means he is not hate. If God is love, not he has love, God is love. That's a boundary, isn't it? You know how to deal with God. Many times people attribute all kinds of strange things to God, and it wasn't his plan, purpose, design, and you know he didn't do it, but they blamed him real quick. We've got to be careful about that. As humans, we've got to keep our boundaries here. And Today I want to talk to you about part two, boundaries for believers. Point one today, this, this has been something huge for me as a man, but as a human. I believe this affects women as well, but men have to be careful with their eyes. The eye covenant. The eye covenant. Let's go to Job 31.1. 1. 
And, and ladies, I know some of you are like, yeah, men, hey, ladies, you too. What are you looking at on your phones? Men and women, remember there's a public life, there's a private life, and then there's a, a secret life. Some of you are like, why did I even come to church this morning? I promise I'm going to keep you smiling. You're going to be okay. God's with you. But let's speak truth. I'm going to speak the truth in love today, okay? The eye covenant. Look at Job, what he said. He said, I made a covenant with my eyes. It's pronounced Job, not Job. I made a covenant with my eyes not to look with lust at a young woman. Now, women deal with different stuff than men. We used to joke about this in youth pastoring. I, ha- I was... A- I was about mm, two years and some months as a youth pastor. Jonathan has had more of a grace for being youth pastor than me and just calling and differences of, of personality and where God places. John's been youth pastor since um, August of 2004. Is that correct? 16 years next month, Jonathan's been youth pastor. That's amazing. But I remember when I was youth pastor and then John became youth pastor, we, there was something we used to talk about. He said, you're dealing with boys and youth and Real simple, dealing with boys, teenage boys. You preach against lust and, I think, was it pride or rebellion? Lust and anger. Men, men struggle with lust and anger. Now, I'm not saying women don't, but boys are pretty basic that way. How many of you know that God made women a little more complex than that? Now, that's, that's not be, me being a smart aleck. That's not... Y'all, my mama is in heaven, and she bears testimony standing next to the Lamb of God right now in heaven or whoever she's hanging out with. I had a great relationship with mom. I have a great relationship with my wife, my sister. I think, I think women are the best of us. I do. You give a woman a cell, she gives you a baby. You give her a house, she makes it a home. You give her groceries, she makes a meal. Praise God. But saying all that, because of their faculties and their abilities, Women are created in a, in a more complex manner, I think. I'm very much in touch with my emotions. I'll cry and laugh up here. Y'all have seen me. I'm not afraid of emotions. But at the same time, when I think it, my wife feels it. One guy said, he said, they are creatures of the heart. Praise God. But men and women have to make a covenant with their eyes. I know a lot of women who love horror movies. He said, man, are you preach? Hey, what you do in your spare time, that's between you and God. But there's things that God, I, I'm telling you right now, I lose my peace if I try to get involved with that. I've had a fascination with crazy movies before. I was like, well, it's a little dark, but yeah, I know. But man, it, hmm, what, 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 I got to finish this. It's on TNT. It's edited. I got I to gotta see what happens. You know, it's a three-hour movie because of all the stupid commercials, right? Oh, I hate that. Anymore, I'm like, cable's great for what it has, for weather and different things, but man, anymore, I'm like, no commercials, Hulu. Hulu. <laughs> I'm so spoiled now that I get on Hulu. I was going to watch uh, the other day a, a, a little show that I watched, and it said, this show, due to streaming rights, has a commercial at the beginning and the end. I'm like, I don't have to worry about the commercial at the end. I guess I'll just wait through the commercial at the beginning, Right? But I want you to hear me today. Men and women must make a covenant with their eyes. They have to make a covenant with their eyes. Now, what is a covenant? A covenant is boundaries. God is amazing because he came to Abraham and said, I am. 
I am your God. I'm going to make you a great nation. And I'm going to make a covenant with you. He didn't have to do that. Can you imagine someone of infinite power who comes to you and goes, I'm going to set up guidelines for you dealing with me and me dealing with you, and I will not violate this covenant. Although you and your ancestors, you may mess up in it. I will not. I will not change. Scripture says, he said himself, I am God. I do not change. He sets up a covenant and actually keeps it. So you've got to make a covenant with your eyes, ladies and gentlemen. Most ladies in here, I know, there's like, man, Pastor Matt, come on. This is real stuff. It gets talked about all week. It's on magazines at the counters. It's on Facebook. There's crazy stuff out there. We might as well talk about important stuff at church as relating to God's word. Job said, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look with lust at a young woman. I know most women in here, most women in here, if not all, a woman in a bikini, you don't, that does not phase you. But, man, you got to be careful what you look at. I remember when I was in Austria watching a movie there in the heart of Europe. It was early 2003. I'll never forget. I was at a guy's house. Cool guy. We're watching a movie, and some, something crazy happened. There was nudity or something. I turned away, and he noticed it. It was noticeable. And he told me, I'll never forget this. He said, oh, that bothers you? That doesn't bother me. Well, that's a red flag. It should bother you. That sort of thing right there, that's meant for marriage only between a man and a woman. I'm just quoting what Jesus said. You can be mad at me. Hey, you, can, you, gotta, you can't control who you love. Hey, look, here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, from the beginning, he created them man and woman, male and female. Is everybody with me? That answers all kinds of questions there. That's not done in bitterness. I'm not against anybody. I'm just speaking the word, all right? God designed us. Somebody say amen. He knows best how we should operate. Did you know, I'm going to say this right now, and then I'm going to move on. I don't know why God is leading me in this particular direction, but I'm going to go with it. Did you know that pornography for men or women, extended use, does things in the brain, the human brain, that makes methamphetamines jealous? It shames methamphetamines. It makes people weird. Okay? I'm going to tell you right now before we go, I say, man, well, Pastor Matt's never been through nothing. He was always raised in a Christian home. At a young age, a neighbor touched me inappropriately. There's something, it was brief, but it was sexual abuse, and it, it just about changed the course of my life forever. After that, it seems like people were always tracking me down, trying to show me something dirty. Sometimes I gave in, sometimes I ran, but I'm going to get into another point here, and I'm going to talk about that here in a mom moment. But there were times I violated my conscience, and it could have destroyed me. There's hope for you. There's hope for you. Say, man, I have not made a covenant with my eyes. Hey, there's hope and grace and mercy. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood of the Lamb. There's forgiveness. You can move on and get right with God and keep it right. Not because of your strength, but because of his grace. You get into your own strength, you know where that leads, right? It's like, man, I'm struggling, I'm struggling. Make a covenant, ask God to help you with it. Have others around you that can help you. You cannot disconnect yourself from people, be isolated, and say, well, I'm going to just do this on my own. You need people to help you, people who've been through some stuff. The I covenant, this is so powerful here. So many times, ladies and gentlemen, teenagers, youth, all of you, you've got to get to a point where you go, nope, I'm not looking at that. Someone goes, man, you look at this. They show you stuff. Young man, uh, was it last week, a couple weeks ago, he told me, man, the videos that are out right now, they grieve me. Just videos on Facebook. You say, was it dirty? No, but it's grievous. That touched my heart. you got to say, nope, I'm not looking at that. 
I'm not going to look at that. Let's go to Psalm 101.3. Look at this in the New King James Version. Psalm 101.3. The psalmist said, I will set nothing wicked or vile or evil before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. That last part doesn't seem as clear in the New King James Version, but you look in other translations, it says, I will not let sin cling to me. I will not let wickedness or evil things cling to me. Anybody have a nonstick pan at the house? Those are fun, moms. And y'all, I cook sometimes. The other day for the first time, I think it was, I don't remember what day it was, I was cooking two eggs and I flipped them. I flipped them for the first time. And I said, "Uh uh-oh, Guy Fieri might be in my veins. I don't know. (laughs) Probably not. I like food. I eat it for sustenance. I don't know that I'm a foodie. But the cool thing about the pan I was using is that it was nonstick. Sometimes even with forgiveness and unforgiveness, sometimes we let too much stuff stick to us. If you're tired, if you're run down, if you're going through stuff, you've, been, you've had a battle on different fronts, how many of you know it's easier to get offended? You ever notice that? When you're run down and bummed out and burnt out with people and you may need a break or a vacation? The governor, she said vacations are unnecessary. I beg to differ. I heard what she said. I heard her directly. Y'all are doing unnecessary stuff, leaving the state. What is this, communist China? I don't think it is, and I don't think it's Nazi Germany. I I really don't. Forgive me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I'm wrong. Anyway, I love being able to get on the mic and say stuff that's recorded, and some people trip out, and I just move on. Praise God. But here, praise God. We give God the glory today. You get to a place in your life where so many things feel like they're sticking. You You need to take a break, maybe. And here's a real simple, simple thing right now for your eye covenant. You need to make sure you're spending time with God. That's not a condemnation thing. Oh, well, what if you have? No. Sit down and read your Bible. Where's your devotional time? Where's that gone? A lot of time I talk with people, and right away, humans, humans, me included, as a whole, we want a quick fix. Man, just pray for me, man. I'm going to get on about my business. No, slow down and spend time with God. It can be at this altar. It can be at your family altar at home. But slow down and spend time with God. As part of your eye covenant with God, put the word in front of your face. Say, I don't understand my Bible. You are without excuse, man or woman of God. There's so many cool translations. I just found another one that I introduced my dad to. It's called the voice translation. Check that one out. It's sweet. They're out there. I I preach and teach out of the New Living Translation. Your covenant with God should be, I'm going to set my eyes on the word every single day. You say, man, you know how we are. Humans have excuses. But I'm a reader, and when my wife falls asleep most nights, I pull out my Kindle, and I'm able to continue finishing my Bible reading. If I haven't done it for the day, it's usually done earlier in the day. Or I continue on with a Christian book of my choice or whatever I'm researching, and I can read it. There's ways you can read, you can do. You say, man, I don't like reading. They have audio books now. Anything else? Any other excuses in the house before I go on? It's like I can hear them being hurled at. You're looking at me like this. You know, it's like, like Marvel superheroes. I'm going, hey, shut up. That ain't true. I didn't say anything. I'm like, mm-hmm. I can feel it. Oh, but he doesn't know. I'm not a very good reader. Can you hear? You can hear me right now, so get in. Get in. There's audio books. There's audio Bibles. All versions, man. You can listen to it in Bulgarian. Chinese, Afrikaans, Spanish, English, whatever version you want. It's amazing. 
So here's my question once again. What are you looking at in your spare time? Make sure it's not vile or wicked or evil. Make a covenant with your eyes. That needs to be a boundary of yours for life. For life. Here's one of my boundaries. This, is, this boundary has been in effect seven years this month. And that is, I told my wife, I will not be on my phone past 10 o'clock, whether you're awake or not. Why? I'm going to speak for men now again before I go on to the next one. Why? Because you get weaker and weaker and your defenses go down. You get vulnerable past a certain hour. Remember when you were dating, boys and girls? <laughs> At midnight? Oh, man, you were willing to do stuff you would have never considered before. You didn't want to kiss them before, but then you're like, it's getting late, okay. Why? Lack of sleep is very close to intoxication. Remember that. You're laying in bed all crazy at night. Turn the phone off. Go to sleep. <laughs> Scripture says this about alcohol. Thine eyes shall behold strange women after you've been drinking. It says that in Proverbs. Your eyes will behold all kinds of strange stuff. You know the difference between an ugly guy and a good-looking guy and an ugly girl and a pretty girl? Time. 1.30 in the morning, you're like, well, they, they don't look that bad. <laughs> Mijo, put the phone away in Jesus' name. Say your prayers. Go to bed. Wake up in the morning. Try it again. You're like, oh, my gosh, what happened? The eye covenant. Make a covenant with your eyes that you do not violate. You have willpower. I've heard that my whole life. I just couldn't. You couldn't or you wouldn't. You didn't want to. Boundary. Eye covenant. With God's help, you can do it. Number two, yes and no. I like yes and no. I like yes and no because it's so clear. You know how it is, right? We've all done it. I love this example because it's so true. Hey, man, you're going to be there at church tomorrow? I'll try. You'll try. You're reporting to the, you're waiting for the president's call. You, um, let's see, what do you have? A, a big emergency of church and state. What's going on? You, I'll try. Yes or no? All right. Come on. Matthew 537. Look at this one. And you know, we all, we all do that. I know in some we do it from a sincere heart. But many times that when we say I try, we don't even want to go. I'll try. You don't even want to go. You did not want to go on the date. You did not want to be there. You didn't want to do that. Say so. And it blows people away when you tell them, ah, no, not interested. What? Just not. Matthew 5, 37. But let your yes be yes and your no what? No. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. It gets into all kinds of crazy stuff. Yes is powerful. You got to say yes to God. Yes to your spouse. You got to say yes to spending time with your children. But so is no. No is confrontational. It's in your face. It, it can be definitive. It said, I said no. I said no. So make sure that you're understanding yes and no. That's very powerful, okay? That's a boundary for you, yes and no. Number two, don't you forget that. Somebody say yes and no. Very good. Let's go to number three today. Glad you're six feet away, Sergeant. I just spit in your direction. <laughs> but it landed on the pulpit. Number three. That's gross, man. The faith line. Number three is the faith line. I was serious. My wife says, if you don't try to be funny, it's so much better. Okay. Try to be funny at home, Genzo. 
like waiting for the punchline, you know, because I'm naturally corny. I am, but it's, you know, we think it's cute. Number three, the faith line. Let's go to Romans 14, 23. I love this point right here. I love this verse. But he who doubts, this is talking about folks eating certain foods uh, that are offensive to other people, foods sacrificed to idols or not, this and that. But look at the context of this. He who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith. Isn't that interesting? For whatever is not from faith is what? Wait a minute. So if you do something and you can't do it in faith, you better not do it. Let me give you a thought. For years, I, I've, I've been, I was almost born nearsighted. In fifth grade, my eyes started acting up. I told the teacher, what did that say on the board? She goes, you need to get checked for glasses. Fifth grade, 1986, long time ago. Guess what? I got glasses. I've, I've worn eye correction ever since. People say, you wear contacts? Well, they're clear. They're not noticeable. But I'm very nearsighted. Let me tell you this right now. I have not had the faith yet to have someone poking and prodding my eyes to help me get 20-20 vision. I just haven't. It just kind of freaks me out. People have done it, and some it's great, some it's not so great. But when I can do it in faith, I'll get it done. All right? All right. That's, it's just that simple. There's things you say, I can do that in faith. I can do that believing. Okay, then do that. And I know there's some things you have to do scared. There's times you go, man, I just got to do this. I have to stand up and do it. I understand. Sometimes you're, you're warring with your faith. You've got faith, but you're a little scared and you still got to do it. That's fine. But this is my point. Don't go against your faith and or conscience. It ain't good. Let me back that up with a scripture. 1 Timothy 1.19. I violated my conscience over the years, and it was never good. Having faith in a good conscience, see how they're written into that? The letter to Timothy, they're put in there together. Faith and a good conscience, with some having which, which some having rejected concerning the faith, have supper, suffered what? Shipwreck. Let's see that one in the New Living Translation. 1 Timothy 1.19. Real quick. So faith and a good conscience, which some having rejected, they've, they've suffered shipwreck. Look at this. I love how it says it in the New Living. Cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear. For some people have deliberately violated their consciences. That is a good translation. They have deliberately violated their consciences. You as believers in here, I'm going to tell you what right now. Hear from God on this. Don't ignore your conscience. It is the Spirit of God speaking to you through your conscience. What's your, you remember the cartoons? There's a little angel over here, a little de devil over here. Say, hey, man, you got to do the path of righteousness, right? And then the devil's like, yeah, but you got to go on the path that rocks or whatever he's telling you. Seems like I saw that in a cartoon. Cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear. For some people have deliberately violated their consciences. As a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. Can that be any more clear? I did not come up with that. That is God's word. I'm just a messenger guy. Cling to your faith in Christ. Keep your conscience clear. For some people have deliberately violated their consciences. As a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. 
You know what you know what it becomes when you violate your conscience? It becomes confusion, frustration, it becomes debilitating. And if you keep ignoring and violating your conscience, guess what? You may get to a point where you don't hear God speak in those certain instances. You've said no, no, no. Yeah, I'm gonna just watch this. I mean, nobody's here. I'm gonna just watch it. Nope, nobody's here. I'll just check it out. I'm in public restrooms on and off, and I'm wondering, why are people in the stall that long? <laughs> Get a news update, a news flash from CNN and Fox, I guess. I don't know. I'm just like, I'm like, it stinks in here, man. Let's get in here and get out. And they're sanitizing for La Corona. But I'm still going, man, no. I, I went into a, a restroom, was it yesterday? And I was like, man, I'm glad I got this bandana up. It helped, it helped filter out some stuff. <laughs> As they say, I'm just saying. Let's go to Hebrews 11.6. Hebrews 11.6. This is powerful. And it is impossible to please God without what? Man. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. It is impossible to please God without faith. So let me just add a talking point to this, something practical. This is my life. You've got to do what, what you feel is right with your life according to God's word. I refuse to do what everyone else is doing. I've noticed people back in the day, they, they said, man, I just got to be me i got to do me. That's cool. I agree with that to a point. But the same people who say that I've noticed over the years, they look, act, talk, and do everything that everybody else does. i just got to do me. Really? Everybody else is staying up all night partying. They don't know how they got home drunk. And, but you got to do you. i just got to do me. Well, everybody's breaking commandments. Right? A lot of people are walking in unforgiveness, breaking Jesus' main commandment, love the Lord your God, love others as yourself, love your neighbors yourself. Say, man, I got to do me. Then why do you look like everybody? Why? I, I, I just got to be me. You know, you got to be you and you and you and you. And I remember years ago, I'll never forget this. I was a youth pastor, and I was hanging out with two brothers. They were both in my youth group. And one, one the younger brother was making fun of someone else in the youth group who he claimed did not know how to be himself. So he said, ah, yeah, you know, so-and-so, he doesn't know how to be himself. And his older brother answered him and goes, hey, dude, shut up. Nobody knows what yourself is. I'll never forget that. And because he didn't know what his self was and he didn't have boundaries, today he is in the struggle of his life. That, was that to him, was chronic behavior. It was repetitive behavior was I'm just going to I'm going to be everyone else. Oh, who am I? I'm a, and you know what they call that in psychology? Cognitive dissonance. I say one thing and I do another. I say one thing but I believe another. I believe one thing, I say something else. I believe one thing, I violate my conscience. I refuse to do what everyone else is doing, especially if it violates my faith or conscience. It's a boundary and you should have the same boundary. You get to a place in your life where you know what matters the most. I've got this part figured out. It's taken me all these years. I got this part figured out. Number one, I'm going to stand before God all by myself one day. Mom was right. So was dad. I know that as a fact. As, as much as I'm standing here breathing, just as much as I know there's a fact that you're here today and you're hearing the word of God, I will stand before God one day and I will have no excuses. 
He'll say, I gave it all to you. I did it all for you on the cross. Accept or reject. What would you do with Jesus? That's what it all comes down to. Folks say, man, they were in that certain sin. That's why they went to hell. No, it's because they rejected what Jesus did. And this is not a fire and, and hell and brimstone message, but the truth of the matter is, if it violates my conscience, I could really be in danger if I keep doing it. There's somebody in here today say, oh, who, who told Pastor Matt? Is that me? This is by the Spirit of God. I know for a fact there's multiple folks in here. You've been violating your conscience in different ways. You've been warned about it already. Not just by me. Maybe your spouse, maybe your neighbor, maybe a mentor, a friend, a pastor, a cousin, somebody, even someone with sense. You ever, you ever felt convicted? You're walking with God and you go to work and somebody worldly goes, hey, man, why are you doing that with them? That's the worst, isn't it? I thought you were a Christian, bro. And they aren't one of those, I thought you were a Christian with an attitude. They're like worried because they need a standard. If you continue to violate your conscience doing what you know is wrong, you get to a point where you don't hear God as well in that area. I've seen people do it. Their consciences become numb, and guess what? Then they turn into something they never were. They become a fake replica of what they were. Because they, they never listened to God about that. They didn't know what. Remember, the big brother said to the little, little brother, he said, dude, shut up. You don't know, nobody knows what yourself is. In hindsight, how prophetic. That's crazy. So I want to remind you today with boundaries for believer. Number one, make sure you make a covenant with your eyes. And you're going to mess up sometimes. Tell the Lord you're sorry. You oh, I said, man, I shouldn't have watched that. I shouldn't have seen that. Because you know how it is with movies, right? You're like, no, I know it's the first five minutes. It's got to get cleaner. 14 F words in the first couple minutes. I remember uh, Die Hard. I don't know what year it was. One of the sequels came out. It was uh, the Bruce Willis movie. Just a lot of cussing, whatever. Cool action hero stuff, but... I was at a place in my life said, man, I, I can't watch that. So somebody that was going to church here at the time, they go, yeah, we went and saw the new Die Hard movie. I said, cool. I said, man, that's cool. I thought it had a bunch of cussing in it. See, they didn't know I'd already researched, plugged in online, had pegged it at 150 F words plus. I don't know who takes one for the team and counts all the F words in movies. Slow, pause it. Slow down. There's too much cussing going on. But 150 F words plus. Say, that doesn't bother me. It bothers me. I'm going to promise you it bothers the Spirit of God. So it doesn't matter if it bothers me or you. That, it, we just go to God. All right? But this person told me, and she was just lying. She's such a liar. You know, she said, oh, no, we were amazed. We saw it, and there was, there was hardly any cussing in it. Felt like my face was melting. I was all. And I don't do good at hiding my emotions all the time. You know, there's some people that just have a face like they call it a poker face, like this. Not me. I'm all. Real oh man. Dang. Praise God, it's a family movie. Just be wise in the practical areas. Just common sense stuff. You start watching a movie and it's like, this is filthy. It's going to get better. My wife and I have said this for years. It never does. It's downhill from the, from the opening credits. But I really wanted to see this. Okay. 
Look into VidAngel. You ever heard of VidAngel? You can edit any, just about any movie with it. You can edit it yourself. VidAngel. Look into it. You're like, I just got to see it. Man, I have to see the new. Okay, VidAngel for you if you just can't. All right. So number one is the eye covenant. Number two is yes and no. Somebody say yes and no. <laughs> number three is the faith line. Yeah, everybody say the faith line. If it violates your faith and conscience, you better not let it get in there. Don't let it get past that line. You don't have to be religious and by the letter of the law, but you can just be kind and loving at times and go, I'm sorry, I'm not going there. You say, man, but everybody's going to hang out at the bar, man, and it's been years. Well, it's going to have to be some more years because I'm not going. Because it grieves me. It grieves me. It, bo it bothers me. You say, man, it doesn't bother me. Okay, well, it bothers me. And I, I don't want to be around stuff. I don't want to set vile stuff before my eyes, all right? So I covenant, yes and no, and the faith line, all right? Let's go ahead and bow our heads and close our eyes today, if you would. I pray that you continue to exercise boundaries that God has given you as a believer. I want to pray for the Ramirez family. They've been going through a trial with, with uh, Sister Ramirez's dad. And that's been a long battle. I just want to plead the blood of Jesus over them right now. Let's pray. Let's agree for the Ramirez family. Lord God, you know what they've been through. You know what they've been through with her ailing father who's now, how, how, how old is this, 97? 97. And, and when did all this go down? What, how recently was it? Two weeks ago. We're praying for you and your family. Everything's going to be all right. God is faithful. I plead the blood of Jesus over them. I speak comfort and life and hope and the spirit of God. I break every attack of the enemy, Lord. And I thank you that they are firmly in your hands, Lord. They're your people. They are the sheep of your flock, the sheep of your pasture. I plead the blood of Jesus over both of them, Lord God, them and those they represent. We give you glory today and we praise you, Father. Now, I thank you, Lord, because you are good and you are faithful. If there's anyone in this house who says, Pastor Matt, with those heads bowed and those eyes closed for now. Say, Pastor Matt, I just want to make sure I'm right with God, according to his word. I've been through some stuff, man, and I, I feel tainted a little bit or whatever. So if it's your first time, you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord, or you're a believer and you say, I just want to make sure my heart is right with God. I need to confess some stuff to him. Would you raise your hand today? I'm going to pray with you. God is with you. Don't be ashamed. God is with you. God bless you for your courage. God bless you for your courage. God's with you. There's faith and hope for you. Let's pray today. Repeat this prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father, according to your word, 1 John chapter 1, if I confess my sin, you are faithful and just to forgive me of all sin and cleanse me of unrighteousness. I am right with you by faith. I'm sorry, Lord. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for the peace you give me. And I thank you for the cross. By faith, I'm right with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Do something a little different. Everyone stand to your feet. We have not even taken up our offering yet. We'll do that in a moment. I'll just stand to your feet. I want you to know the seriousness of this. And this is so important to me, but I believe it's important to God, and it's important to you too. And that is, with your eyes open, if you say, man, I've got some boundaries in my life that I really need to hold on tight to. I need to draw that boundary and keep it. This is for me. God's word doesn't lie. I need help in some of these areas with boundaries. 
I want you to raise your hand today. Every eye open. Go ahead. It's okay. Raise your hand. I'm going to put my hand up. Say, man, I need some help in those boundaries. And I'm going to say no to certain things. I'm going to say yes to certain things. Okay, put your hands down. What do good boundaries and fences do? You say, well, they make for good neighbors. Sure. But they keep, they keep the good in and they keep the bad out. See this, this orifice right here? It's supposed to be there to let good things into your body, not bad things. Your skin holds in all your organs. It warns you of danger. It warns you of heat exhaustion or stroke. Before you ever get there, you get a sunburn, don't you? Your skin warns you. It's a fence. It's a boundary that God put in place. So let's agree right now. Go ahead and raise your hands toward the Lord one more time. And let's just pray together. I'm going to pray over you and declare a blessing because God is helping you with boundaries. I believe his word fell on good ground today. Thank you, Father, because your word is good. Your word accomplishes what you sent it to accomplish, Lord. And I thank you, Father, because everyone in this house received your word, and I believe they received it gladly, Father. Now, right now, I plead the blood of Jesus over them. I break every attack of the enemy over them. I thank you that their boundaries are reinforced. They are strong. Lord, their gates are reinforced. Their walls are built up. The bars of their gates are iron. Lord, not to keep out the good, but to keep out the bad and to hold the good in. Give us wisdom in our boundaries, God. We need it. We need it as humans, Lord. Teach us boundaries according to your word. And I thank you today, Lord. Our boundaries are reinforced for life and health and prosperity and good things and right living and good relationships, God. And Lord, boundaries help us to walk in love because we don't walk around resenting people. Many times, Lord, our boundaries are our own problem, but then we blame others because we said yes to so many things. Boundaries help me to keep a good attitude, Lord. Boundaries help me to walk in love as I say, okay, yes, or no, I'm not going to do that. I can't do that. I'm not able. I'm not up to it. God, continue to give us wisdom. You said in James chapter 1, if any of us lack wisdom, we should ask of you from whom every good and perfect gift comes, Lord God. We ask you for wisdom. You give perfect gifts. Give us wisdom, and that's the proper application of knowledge. And if we don't know, teach us through your word. We thank you today, Father. We give you glory. In Jesus' name, everybody in this house said, Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offer today. <laughs>